Welcome to The Power Hour, Episode 3, recorded live on June 2nd, 2021. The Power Hour is brought to you by Chelan County PUD, building a brighter future. Today, we're joined by Josh Mitchell, Chelan PUD Residential Energy Advisor and Fly Fishing Aficionado, to answer your questions live. We also have a special cameo from Jenna Rahm, Customer Outreach Specialist, from Chelan PUD's Riverwalk Park on the shores of the Chelan River. Because it's 100 degrees out there today. Join us Wednesdays live on Facebook, and now also live on YouTube or on this Power Hour podcast whenever you'd like to listen in as Chelan PUD energy experts answer all your energy efficiency and renewable energy questions. Subscribe to the Power Hour and never miss an episode. I'm your host, Lacey Stockton. Let's dive in. Hey, Jenna. Hi there, Lacey. Hey, where are you? (laughs) Um, I'm down in the PUD's Riverwalk Park in Chelan, uh, just enjoying the nice weather and finally a little bit of a breeze out here. What temperature are you guys up out there? Uh, 99 last I looked. All right. Okay. Push it three digit. Pretty toasty. Yes. <laughs> and are you solo out there or is it a happening place these days? It is really happening. There are all sorts of people out on the river enjoying some small craft uh, recreation. Saw a couple jet skis, boats. We've got some swimmers and then people in the park here just enjoying the nice weather and uh, hanging out with the ducks. So tell me, who makes this beautiful park there right by the river? So this is a Chelan PUD park here at Riverwalk Park. Uh, I love it. I live up here in Chelan and I walk this park pretty much once a day uh, with my family at lunchtime. So it's a great benefit of having public power and it's one that's available to you right here in Chelan if you're in the area. I do want to just remind people there's a couple safety precautions you should always take when you're here on the river in Chelan. Oh, Jenna, Jenna, <laughs> don't rain on the parade. <laughs> I know, but it is close to our dam, uh, the hydro project here in Chelan. It's a small dam, but it is down there, and you do want to keep your distance from the Chelan Dam at least 400 uh, feet or more, and um, just be careful recreating in the this part of the river. There can be currents, even though it looks really mild and slow back there. Um, it can get a little bit of a current, so you do want to be really careful when you're out on your stand-up paddle boards or kayaks or whatever, uh, swimming in this area. It, it can be dangerous. It looks beautiful. It is gorgeous. So maybe for paddle boarding and kayaks, that's one portion, but maybe the lake might be a better choice. Where do you do it? Um, I take my stuff out in the lower end of the lake uh, where there's still the no-wake zone, or I actually do come in the river sometimes. Uh, it is really flat in the river, which is nice when you're on a small craft like that, and there's less boat traffic. It gets a little scary when you've got all the power boats and the jet skis out there in the main part of the lake. Thank you so much for coming from Chelan. This is the hottest day so far this year. Everybody is kind of sweating, which we're going to chat about a little bit with Josh about what kind of things people can do quick and easy to stay cool. But I kind of like your suggestion. Just go outside by the water. Yeah, jump in the water if you can. (laughs) You know, we've got some great tools here at the PUD for you to check on the water conditions. We've got our new current app where you can actually go and find out the river levels down in the Columbia River, the the water levels fluctuate a lot more frequently than they do here in the Chelan River. But you can find out what the water levels are doing. You can get information about temperatures and and currents and flows and all of that good information on our current app. So just go search in your app store and you can download that. Go enjoy your day out in the water. So you can check all the river levels and everything just like real time. Yeah, it's 
practically real time. I think it's pretty close. <laughs> okay, great. That's a good tip. Anything else that you wanted to share from the beautiful Chelan area? Try and keep cool, everybody. It's, it's a little <laughs> toasty out here. Thank you so much, Jenna. It's beautiful to see you as always. See ya. Bye. So now I'm going to introduce our featured guest. We have Josh Mitchell with us. Hey, Josh. Good afternoon. Hey. So Josh is our residential energy advisor at Chelan County PUD, which is a mouthful. Josh, what do you do? My job is to make sure that we have programs for all of our residential customers, make sure that we are running these programs in a cost-effective manner, meaning that we're not giving too much or too little money away to our customers. Um, I get to go out and you know help out customers that are troubleshooting energy efficiency issues in their home, and that's the of the job that I like to do most. So you like going out, helping people, doing energy audits, all that kind of fun stuff? Yeah, and I've been stuck in my office for the past, uh, <laughs> well, you know, year and a half, and I'm itching to get out. It looks good, though. You guys have not seen Josh's office pre-stay-at-home order. Like, he has made this place pretty. It was a workout facility, and now it's uh, it's an office. Gotcha. Yeah. Most days are good. Probably not, not any running outside today. It's a little bit hot. Yeah, I kind of wish I was with Jenna. Yeah, <laughs> I know. What are we doing? I'm stoked to be here and uh, hopefully we get some good questions from our customers. Customers, if you have any questions for Josh, so they can be related to energy efficiency, really anything at the PUD, and we'd be happy to help you out. I know we have some that were sent to conservation at shlampud.org, our email, so we'll answer those for sure. I'm just going to hop into our very first customer question that we've got here. It's 100 degrees out. What easy things can I do to keep my energy bills low? So don't tell me to go and get a ductless heat pump. That's a later that's a later thing. <laughs> let's let's talk low cost, no cost things to do. This isn't the time to install a new air conditioner heat pump, but this is the time to manage what you have right now. And, and the one thing that everybody has is they have windows and hopefully they have one. And that's the first thing you should do. Practice proper window management. And I know that sounds really nerdy because that's... <laughs> Um, no one's so, judging here. <laughs> you're you're going to hear a lot of nerdy talk. This is a safe space, me. Josh. No, it's 100 degrees out right now. Nobody should have their windows open if they have air conditioners. They should be running those with the blinds down, keeping that sunlight out of the out of the house. As the sun goes down, it hits, you know, it's hitting our um, foothills around 8.30, 8.45. Right when that happens... Then you start looking at opening your blinds back up. Temperature starts dropping again. As soon as it drops below 80 degrees, I'd open those windows up and open your blinds up so you can get proper airflow, get that fresh air in your home. Let the fresh air cool your house at night and then in the morning as it starts to get warm, you can close those blinds down and then let your air conditioner come back on. Okay, so you don't run your AC at night? Most nights. Um, tonight, guess what I'm going to do? There's times sleep, just- sleep in the basement? <laughs> I do I do have a basement that I sleep in when it's summertime. Not everybody has that opportunity to do that, but that's the best thing to do um, to save energy. These, you know, triple degree temperatures are really unfair, and there's just times where you're just not even going to open up your windows at night, especially if there's no breeze coming through and it doesn't drop below your comfort level. It's hard to get your house to cool down. It might be one of those nights where I keep the air conditioner on. So the main thing is manage what kind of solar gain, how much sunlight is coming in your house. The sun's out. Yes. You don't want that extra heat coming in, burning a hole through your windows. You want to keep it out. And then when it's gone, you want to take advantage of the wonderful outer space 
the universe and let go of all of the energy that your house has stored over the day. Yeah, and that's step one. Step two is um, if you have any incandescent light bulbs in your house, get rid of them. The LED lights are provide better light, they last longer, and produce very little heat compared to those incandescent bulbs. And those things can get really hot and really heat up your house pretty quick if you're using them during the summertime. So get rid of those. Get up. LEDs at any place that you can get light bulbs, big box stores, Stan's Mary Mart, in Wenatchee, any Ace Hardware, Island Cashmere, and Schwann as well. So, you know, practice window management, get rid of your light bulbs, and in the room that you're um, located in, run a fan. If you're not in the room, don't leave the fan running though, because that, that actually creates excess heat and it doesn't provide any cooling, because it's really just you're getting that windshield on your, on your skin, and that can provide you a couple degrees cooler than what you're saying for those guys. So at what point do you decide to run the AC versus not? Like what, what temperature do you set your thermostat to? Or do you do you have a smart thermostat? You know, I do have a smart thermostat. I have one of those cheaper Nest E thermostats that I've ran for about three years in my home. Saved me quite a bit of energy, I would say, over the life of the product. I've already paid, I paid it back with the rebate. When I'm working from home all the time, I haven't been able to use, take advantage of the algorithms that it provides. I have set some parameters and most people, um, you know, are comfortable in the summertime in the 72 to 75 degree range. I'm a little bit of an energy efficiency geek again, and so I keep my te- temperature a little bit warmer than that. Um, I, re- I keep my thermostat at 80 degrees, and I would and I would encourage you all to set it a couple degrees warmer than what you think you need it. See how that feels, and if it's too hot, tick it down a notch, maybe 79 degrees. And if you're still too hot in your house, another degree. Um, I actually did that today. I tried it at 80 and I just couldn't get comfortable. And so it's now currently down at 78 degrees. You know, it's 100 degrees. You cannot expect your heat pump or your air conditioning to keep your house at 68 degrees. Try to shoot for that 20 degrees. Uh, So if it's 100 degrees, 80 degrees is really manageable. You're going to work your air conditioner to death if you're asking it to try to get down to 68 degrees. That's my advice. It's funny that you mentioned that. So I was joking around with, uh, so Josh Peterson, he's a local farmer here in Wenatchee. I was like, Josh, how do you do it? It's so hot out there and was out there basically from sunrise to past sunset. He's like, you know, I just get used to it. When you're outdoors all the time, you know, spring comes, summer comes, you start wearing more clothing, right? Hats and coverage for the sun. Yeah, it's hot. Yes, I sweat. But if you always expect it to be 68 degrees and then you go outside and it's 100, it's like thermal shock. That was a silly question. Thank you, Farmer Josh, for clarifying. But you're right. Try experimenting. Maybe today you're like a 74, but maybe tomorrow you're feeling good. Maybe you're a 76. Um, and you know, it's the same thing when you're hiking. You can tell who's from Seattle on the trail. I'm just saying, if they're if they're out there, you know, because they are huffing in red face and we're all good. <laughs> but it's just because we're used to it. So that's a good tip. I'm going to call you out on that since you are from Seattle and in that <laughs> I've been, been out there. We've been there. So um, we understand. You used to live, some... You're from the Midwest, okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, my point is we've all been there. We're not trying to ostracize those folks here in Seattle. We're just lucky to have the opportunity to live where we do. <laughs> Dennis, how he's staying cool up in Chelan is he's saying blinds down, AC on is now, and he's trying to limit opening the doors, which is a great tip, especially if you have kids. Try to keep your house sealed. So thank you, Dennis. On this hot, hot day, literally two weeks ago, I was wearing a flannel and here we are and it's super hot. Welcome. 
the summer. I have another question. I think this is related to a high energy bill that Megan was seeing. And she was asking, should I be worried about running my AC a lot this summer? Am I going to be faced with some some pretty big bills? Comfort is most important. And that, you know, I'm not trying to get people to be sweating in their own homes. Um, if you're going to look at your August bill, if you have an electric heater, or and an electric air conditioner, your August bill is going to be a fraction of the cost of your January heating bill. Um, air conditioners are heat pumps, essentially. They use the same technology as heat pumps, but they take out the heat out of your home and kick out, kick it out. It provides cooling that way. And so they actually don't use that much energy. It's still going to raise your electric bills more than, you know, April and May. They're not, it doesn't use a lot of energy, as much energy as heating your house, but it is, it'll kick it up. your base load would be April, May a little bit. And then now that we're getting into the heating season, you can see how it goes up. Cooling season. Cooling season. Thank you. And so if you're looking at say July versus like January, January is going to be a lot bigger. Heating Mm -hmm. is still our dominant season. Okay. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. So heat pump helps with that side of things, but not necessarily in terms of energy savings for summer, but it's, it's cool to have a ductless heat pump is better than a baseboard (laughs) because a baseboard is not going to do you any good right now. Cool. I have a related question for you. Um, we've been we've been getting a lot of calls and questions about heat pumps and windows. This is a heat pump question. How do I set my thermostat for energy savings while still being comfortable? Which, based on what you just said, it sounds like this is not necessarily a summer question because heat pump, AC, not a lot of savings there, difference. But for winter, how could Alex still save energy while using his heat pump? This is my struggle for Shenan County right now is trying to get people to not turn their heat pump off when it turns freezing. So when it's uh, middle of December or early December and it hits that below freezing mark, so many people turn their heat pumps off or turn it to E-heat, or which stands for emergency heat, which if you're using emergency heat, it's only when your heat is not working, if a tree landed on it or it's the, the frost cycle isn't working, you should not turn your heat pump off. You should set your thermostat to auto um, or use a, a smart thermostat for that matter. Um, that will automatically adjust. And what that auto does is it allows your heat pump to oscillate between your electric coils or your furnace and your heat pump when the heat pump can't keep up with the demand. So say Lacey's got the, the heater set at 68 degrees in the sun, in the wintertime and it's 20 degrees, um, that heat pump might only be able to get it up to 65 degrees with the technology that it has. And so it might ask for a little bit of help from the electric coils to get it to that extra three degrees. The whole goal is to prevent those electric coils from turning on with your heat pump, and that's what you should um, try to do with your thermostat because that's when your bills start to get really expensive. And I know we're in Chelan County where uh, bills getting expensive are... Free! um, Free energy! (laughs) We we don't have free energy, but we do have inexpensive power, and we want to keep it that way, and the best way to do that is to use the technology that you have in your homes, like they are designed to use, and that's to, to run them in the wintertime. You bought the technology, use it. Chelan County is perfect. It rarely gets too much colder than 30 degrees here. It is a perfect county to run heat pumps. So everybody should, when their system kicks the bucket, really consider putting in a heat pump. Whether it's ductless, if you don't have ducts, it's no problem. They make ductless heat pumps. And then if you have ducts, it's a quick and easy switch. And it's often, sometimes it's less expensive. Like if you have an old AC and an old furnace and you're 
your furnace blows, sometimes the old refrigerant, if they touch that system, they can't replace the, just the furnace. They have to do the whole shebang, furnace and AC. And so when you get into those sort of situations, it can be less expensive to just switch over to a heat pump that's going to do both. Go ahead. That's a great, that's a great <laughs> point, Lacey. And we have some great contractors in this valley that can really help you out with that. If you, if you want to get a, a heat pump to replace your forced air furnace and air conditioner, talk to some of the contractors on our on our uh, webpage. Talk to them about replacement. You know, there's an incremental cost or additional cost. It might be too great. Maybe three grand, depending on the type heat pump you get. But we have a great rebate. It's fourteen hundred dollars, and so that incremental cost goes away after several years of use. Something to consider for sure. Yeah, and then the other piece is that when you get efficient equipment, you can get access to totally different financing that's about half the rate. So for Energy Smart right now, it's like four percent instead of kind of standard financing, which is around eight. And so yeah, with the rebate, the lower interest rate, if you needed to finance your heat pump, those differentials, you can actually pay less for better equipment um, that's going to heat and cool, which is pretty sweet. Hey, I'm going to interrupt you really quick. I need to do some practicing uh, solid window management. Oh, window management. My blinds are getting... uh, Dude, that's uh, the first time I've heard that term. Window management. Close the blinds. Yeah. uh, (laughs) There's glare. What are you saying, Lacey? Keeping it friendly. Hey, so since you mentioned that we have have low rates in Schlank County and things like that, even with low rates, the impact of utility bills doesn't hit everybody equally. Some folks, it's, you know, a drop in the bucket or they have small homes or apartments or, you know, all these different situations. And some folks have, have a lot of energy usage for, you know, sometimes just because they have old homes or things outside of their control. One of the questions that we got was, Mark was asking, like, I've heard about bill assistance particularly during COVID, there's been, I think, a lot of talk about different assistance programs that are out there for people who, who may need a little bit of extra funds for their bills. How could how does he qualify? And how does he how does he even approach this? This is a really important part of the job that I've had lately and, a, and an important part of Chilean PUD in general is to make sure that we're not, we're being able to help people that need it the most. And so the first thing that you should do is uh, if you need assistance, contact us. And the best way to find out about our assistance programs is to go to showampd.org backslash help. And it will get you all of the different programs that we have available to to our customers. First of all, we have the low-income disabled rate discount, and we have a senior disabled rate discount. And I think there's there's several hundred people that take advantage of this, but we I think there's probably a lot more people yeah. that could qualify for this. And, and it's interesting if- that you brought this up because no one knows exactly how many people would potentially qualify for this. But based on various studies that have been done in Washington State in general, about a third of people People who could qualify for bill assistance and other help actually seek it out. So there's all this money that's out there, especially right now with the stimulus packages and things like that that have been going out. And it's kind of money left on the table. So I know in Seattle, they've had a really great um, use of the resources. So about about two thirds of people who could qualify in Seattle are taking advantage of it. Over here, it's a third. I'm just saying like there is money out there for people. So please do not hesitate to contact us, as Josh mentioned, shalampud.org slash help, or just give us a call. Our customer relations folks are amazing and they will 
help you figure out what you qualify for or if you need to contact the community action council who manages some of the funds yeah and i just want to make sure we get that phone number out there it's uh, to contact our our folks that can help you out with that it's 509-661-8001 if you're if you're behind on your bills there's several things that we can help out with and you know those assistance programs even if you don't qualify for energy assistance we can help with a one-time payment this is all volunteer dollars from our customers to help people that are in need and then like Lacey said there's still a lot of funding that's come down from the stimulus assistance programs that if you're having the trouble give us a call we want to be able to help out and get you access to these funds the helping hand grant which you're referring to is fantastic so customers have elected to donate some money when they pay their bills into this fund to help other customers it's really a neighbors helping neighbors program and so sometimes folks get in a situation that they weren't expecting or there's a kind of situations where like you said they don't qualify necessarily for the standard energy assistance bill relief and so they can go and still get help they can still have bill assistance. I know that at the last um, meeting with our commissioners, so PUD is run by elected officials. So if you vote, you vote for who gets to control your PUD. And at the last meeting, they were talking about how many folks have passed due accounts and things like that. And I, there's about 420 households that have passed due accounts. And we really want to help help everyone. So if you are one of those households, if you could be one of those households, if you're just curious if you qualify, give us a call. We're here to help. That's that's why we exist. I want to talk about a couple other programs too. Do it. We we still are continuing, or we have a, you know, Lacey brought up the uh, um, community agency, um, Shalane Douglas Community. What is that <laughs> agency, Lacey? A little help here. Oh, um, too many, the Community Action Council. The Community Action Council. It, it's a long one. <laughs> Thanks for a little help there. But we work directly with them. They help us with our energy assistance programs, and they also help out with our uh, low-income weatherization program. If you need more than um, energy assistance, or you live in a home that really needs help with weatherization, added insulation, things like that in your home that can make the home more comfortable and lower your bills long-term, we have a program that's run through them. We are also working to develop another program over the next couple of years you know we should have something ready by 2022 where we can help out customers that may not qualify for the weatherization assistance program in addition to what they're doing we're, we're considering customers that are high energy burden or spending too much money on their electric bill i, don't, I won't go into detail unless Lacey, Lacey wants to <laughs> talk more about that we'll it's on a do... short leash folks <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We have all these programs. So, you know, initially it started with one program and it's like, oh, well, there's a gap here. So we're slowly building out, as Josh mentioned, all these different programs to help with direct assistance. So if you need help with your bills and then longer term help, because as we know, if we cover a bill for a month or two months or six months, it's not the same as if you were to go and insulate your attic, which is going to last for 50 years and lower your bills. So there's different things that we can do to try to help improve the housing stock and lower people's bills. Our commissioners yeah. have really wanted to do, to make sure we're not impacting those that are going to uh, be impacted the most with our slight rate increases that are happening. Could you tell me a little bit about what you do on your audits? I know that you're doing them virtually these days. Not as exciting um, to do them virtually <laughs> as they are. Nothing what do you more mean? We're virtual, this is amazing. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, yes, no, currently we're doing virtual audits. We've, we've been offering those up for about a year now. You know, we get on FaceTime, we get on um, Zoom, and we can set up, have you show us around the house, look at different avenues where we can do low-cost, no-cost savings, but also see where you're eligible for rebates and, and give you a approximate rebate amounts are able to um, give you a readout or a report of how is your home doing. It takes about an hour to do. I have a lot of fun doing them usually. I, I personally would rather be at, at the house doing them, but they, these virtual audits are a blast to do as well. And I think every time I do one, I think somebody ends up doing something we see a debate about a month. There's some great opportunities to see. And, and it's fun. I've slid on the wall on a couple of audits and it's been interesting what you can figure out in terms of just things that people notice in their home. And then you having so much experience going through people's bills and, and seeing how things are built. It's like, oh yeah, you're noticing that at night it cools off really quick in winter. Ah, well, let's have a look at your cathedral ceiling that has no insulation, right? So you're able to piece together things that people might have suspicions on. We also have a, uh, if you wanted to go to the virtual audit page, there's a little link in there for our wait list so that when Josh can go to your home, you will get first dib. Yeah, there's there's so many opportunities to save energy. I, I think the heat pump water heater program that we're offering right now is one of the best programs that we have available. Um, we have an $800 rebate can save about $50 a year. They only cost about $1,200. I just talked to a guy about five o'clock today who installed two in his mechanical room and he's now moving his wine cellar. It's a great I think, opportunity. I think he stole my idea. <laughs> I mentioned that. I did. I mentioned that when I was chatting with Scott two weeks ago. That's a pretty quick turnaround. I'm impressed. <laughs> you can learn useful stuff on the Power Hour. <laughs> Shocking but true. <laughs> this one's about ductless heat pumps, which, again, I think it's because summer is hitting. This is like peak ductless heat pump time. People say, enough. It's hot. I hate my window shaker. Let's do this. So Lindsay's asking, how many heads? So how many of those vents, which... When we often think of ductless heat pumps, we think of the large heads that you'll see on a wall. They're kind of like protrude a little bit. There's also low profile heads, I will say. So they look just like regular vents in your ceiling, which are pretty cool. So if you're aesthetically disinclined to do a standard ductless heat pump, there's alternatives for you. So Lindsay's asking, how many heads? I have a three bedroom house. Think about how many heads you think you need. And that is N. And I always say N minus one likely is what you need. In a three-bedroom home, you're probably thinking, oh, I need one in my bedroom and one in my main living area. I really think that, you know, the goal is to be as comfortable as possible and to save energy, right? People often end up putting multiple heads throughout the house and they end up oversizing their heating and cooling needs. I really think it's important to really focus on like installing one in your house. If you have a small house like a three bed, put it in a central location where you're going to spend 80, 90% of your time at. And then keep the doors open to your bedroom and let that heating and cooling work its way. If you have the thermostat set for 68 degrees, it may only be 66 degrees in your bedroom, but don't you kind of want a little bit cooler for sleeping anyway? It kind of works like a, a fan on a fireplace. The further away you are from it, the less heat you experience or less cooling you experience, but that con those convection currents in your home that occur naturally do a really great job of distributing heating or conditioned air throughout your house. And I just think it's really important people end up opening way too many ductless heads in their home and you can get away with keeping a much more affordable 
So that's the rub is if you go and you get 10 heads on your heat pump, it just costs a lot of money. That's a downside. You also lose efficiency when you start adding multiple heads in with one compressor. It's just really important to make sure you size size your systems properly and, and work with your contract. For Lindsay, it's kind of a function of how big her house is. If the layout works well where she can like set it so that it goes into the living room and then blows down the hall, maybe one head is all she needs. If it's kind of a random assortment of hallways, doors, things like that in a maybe a larger home, she might have to consider the airflow. Is that about right? Yeah. Yeah, if you don't think that you're going to be able to get that any air from that main head into your bedroom, you might want to add a really small head in your bedroom. Really, you know, you're not you're not going to replace completely replace um, the zonal heaters that you have in, in your home. You're trying to displace the heat. You know, if it's 62 degrees in the third bedroom, maybe just turn that baseboard heaters up or the zonal heaters, whatever it is, uh, just up a couple of degrees. Comfort is important too, but I. But I think people oversize systems. Sure. Yeah. And I will say about having zonal, which ductless heat pump operates in different zones or wall heaters or baseboard heat. They all have sectioned off as opposed to a central system. that when you turn it on, it blows to your entire house. So I, I lived in Canada. I lived in Quebec. Quebec does not mess around with winter. It is full meal deal, like minus 35 degrees and not pleasant. Okay. I'm like six months long. I will say out of all the places that I rented, we started looking for places that had zonal heat because when you have a system, that's the whole house, then every place is trying to be the same temperature, which unless you have really great insulation and really great sizing of your vents, there's all this waste. And I don't know about you, but I don't use like my bedroom most of the time during the day. And so when we had zonal heat, we could just shut the door, turn off the heat there, still be comfortable in our main space and save a ton of money. You get a lot of control when you have zonal heat where you can kind of play around. Oh, this person likes it a little bit warmer. You can turn up a little bit of supplemental heat while still keeping your ductless heat pump, keeping the whole house at a reasonable temp. Make sure to listen to what Lacey has to say. Um, she, not only <laughs> is, uh, she also has a mechanical engineering degree, so she knows what she's talking Awkward. Yeah, I could tell you about how a heat pump works. So, boom. <laughs> Next customer question, please. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel is asking about smart thermostats. You have a smart thermostat. I know this is one of our popular programs, mainly because it's kind of a cool gift. Like we see people gifting these towards the end of the year for tech-friendly folks, but only some of the models out on the market are available with a $100 rebate from the PUD. Why is that, Josh? There's multiple things that you need to have in order to qualify for a smart thermostat $100 rebate. First of all, it needs to be connected to Wi-Fi, which many thermostats do. It needs to have occupancy detection, which many thermostats do. It needs to have the verifiable savings um, report uh, or study done by a third party analysis so that we can know that we are going to get these saved. I'm going to interrupt you because this has been interesting. I've actually uh, supported some of these third party studies in the past and sometimes the results aren't great. Like sometimes there's this totally marketable product and it doesn't perform. And when you do the analysis, companies can still put it on the market, 
But luckily, Josh has kind of rifled through and found the models that you'll actually see savings from because they've been verified. Yes, you get a $100 rebate and you also get a little Josh Mitchell stamp of approval on your product that is going to do what you want it to. And usually anytime, you know, a contractor or even like a manufacturer or distributor contacts us and says, hey, I got this smart thermostat. Why isn't it on your application or on your website? And I said, hey, all you need to do is send us uh, that third party Okay, so we have one last question for you. We have another question about tankless water heaters. Do they save energy? Very little energy. In Chelan County, we have about 98% of our home water is heated by electric. First of all, it, you know, when you do use a tankless electric water heater, you are really limited on how much water you can get out of that tankless system at a time. So if you want to have a hot shower, great, that's what you get. But you don't get to have a hot shower and do dishes or do your take a shower and have your clothes being washed in hot water at the same time um, because you're really limited on the size or the space of your panel and how much size or space you have left in the panel. And most people don't have a lot of either. So to get more than three gallons per minute out of a out of a tankless electric water heater, you need at least 400 amp service panel, and it's a lot. And most people don't have enough. Beyond that, it's still using all of that same energy at the same time or as it would for a standard water heater. The savings is in the loss of storage, which is really minimal with these new standard water heaters. The federal um, requirements are make them pretty. Pretty darn efficient. I think the efficiency factor is 0.94. Which means something it's, awesome. And, and you're going to get about the same, you know, slightly more than that, maybe a 0.99 on a tankless system. So mm-hmm. um, I guess it's 1.0. It, there's not a lot of energy savings. If you want to save energy, install a heat pump water heater, your energy factor for those are something like 2.5 to 2.8 so yeah let's lean into this energy factor it's it's a rating saying if you put this much energy in how much do you get out so if you put one unit in and you get one unit out that energy rating is a one Woo! nothing's lost nothing's gained 100 percent. if you put in one energy unit and you get 0.94 you're saying for you know, a standard new tank electric water heater. That means you put one in, you get 0.94 out. There's like a little bit of a loss, but not a crazy amount. You're saying with a hybrid water heater, you put in one unit of energy and you get out 2.5. So you have just increased how much you have been able to get from that because of the way that a heat pump water heater is extracting heat from its surroundings. Pretty cool. In addition to that, your lights don't dim. You're, oh yeah. <laughs> you yeah, don't just the power grid. <laughs> it's a feature. <laughs> I wonder too if Lee, you know, sometimes we get second homeowners or people that are infrequently using a home saying, "Well, I don't want to pay to like heat all this hot water all the time if I'm only coming out on weekends or whatnot. So, I'll just go tankless." Well, the answer that, to that could be that maybe you get a hybrid water heater that has Wi-Fi connectivity. So Lee, what you do is you put in your hybrid water heater. When you come to the cabin, when you're a little bit out, you turn it on. So when the time you get to your cabin, you have nice hot water ready to go. And then when you leave and you don't need the hot water, when you're in the car, you just click, turn it off. And so you don't have to worry about heating and keeping water hot 
when you're away or showing up and having to turn the thing on. I know I have some friends, they have a cabin and every time you go there, there's like this like instruction thing on the inside of their door. Turn on the panel and then turn on the water heater and then turn on the gas and crank this thing. Because there's this whole like startup operation. When it's Wi-Fi enabled, you don't have to do all that, which is kind of handy. Yeah, these heat pump water heaters have so much technology in them. I mean, they have a button that you push for vacation mode and it just drops it down to 80 degrees and you know it doesn't take more than an hour to get it back to 120 degrees you got all sorts of things up that whole list of things that you need to do um, i gotta make the beds it's a crying in the car I, I just think it's a great product it's a great way to save energy and not impact your comfort at all so yeah and hybrid water heaters you can most of the time just install yourself which is kind of cool all right josh you have hammered out all the customer questions I don't know if there's anything else you wanted to add or emphasize. Oh, just thanks for the time. And uh, thank you for your again. time. You're yeah. a featured guest. Thank you. <laughs> it's well, fantastic. I'm always, I'm always wanting to talk energy efficiency with our customers. And so give it a chance. And, yeah, so. <laughs> Take a chance on Josh Mitchell. Talk about some energy efficiency. That's great. And they can talk about it specifically to their home if they go and book a virtual audit with you. Yeah, um, give us, give me a call. Well, Josh Mitchell, Residential Energy Advisor, thank you so much for coming on the Power Hour. Uh, I hope people get in touch with you. Looking forward to it. Thanks for listening to the Power Hour, Episode 3, recorded live on June 2nd, 2021. We'll see you next week for our live Q&A on all things energy efficiency. Subscribe to this Power Hour podcast, and you'll know when Episode 4 is ready for your listening pleasure. Jim White, Chelan PUD, Senior Energy Conservation Engineer, will join us next time for Episode 4. If you have questions, come to our next live event on Facebook and YouTube on Wednesday, June 16th at noon. Grab a lunch and join in. Visit chelanpud.org slash power hour for more or email your questions to conservation at chelanpud.org. You can also listen anytime right here on the Power Hour podcast. Brought to you by Chelan County PUD, building a brighter future. I'm your host, Lacey Stockton, hoping you have a fantastic week, Chelan County.